We are talking from Tasmania to South Florida. That is so cool. Mm -hmm. This is Wildcat Dojo Conversations. Hi, and welcome to a very exciting episode. I'm Sensei Michelle. I'm Sensei Jackie. And I'm Landon. And today we're doing a lot of firsts. That's right, Sensei. Today we have our first international interview. I know I'm trying not to be excited, but you can see I am. (laughs) You know what else is exciting, Sensei, is this is our very first interview with someone who's not in Goju Karate. And with that, I'm seriously excited to introduce Shihan Thomas McKinnon. He's retired and his list of accomplishments is massive. So let's each mention a few. Yes, I'll start, Sensei. There are many accomplishments for Shihan. He is the chief instructor of Torkan Karate, a predominantly Shotokan style. He also worked as the technical advisor to the Karate Union of Australia, a Budo karate organization, as opposed to a sporting body. Everyone can go back to our World Karate Federation episode to learn about sport karate. And that was where we talked about karate in the Olympics. I said, say, and... Hanji, please correct us if we're wrong on any of these descriptions, that you were a former British parachute regiment soldier, which is something I would surely like to hear about later in the interview, and a multi-accredited international martial arts specialist with more than 60 years experience in boxing, karate, kung fu, bushido, muay thai, and close quarter combat. Wow. That's a lot of accomplishments right there. (laughs) Blow my mind. I feel so lazy. (laughs) But in addition to all that, sir, there's more. You have also worked in high-risk security. You were an international close personal protection operative. And I just want to say, say that quickly three times. (laughs) Also known as a bodyguard, which my teacher was as well. So that's kind of cool to me. And your client list has included European royalty, as well as a United States president. And you were also a close quarter combat instructor, both armed and unarmed, and, and I swear this should be the last one, a (laughs) tactical advisor to the Australian security industry for 25 years. Wait, Sensei, there's one more thing to add. (laughs) I can't believe it. The list keeps on going. He is also T.D. McKinnon, writer, author, and a columnist for the Dojo, an online international karate magazine out of Dusseldorf, Germany. We've used his articles for research, and they were amazing to use. In fact, that's how we met, sir. I contacted you because some of the material I was so interested in. Yes. Thank you for your time today, and welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you. Thank you very much. It is my great pleasure to be here in Florida, USA, in a virtual kind of way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we mentioned that you are in Tasmania. We are talking from Tasmania to South Florida. That is so cool. Mm -hmm. I'd like to start, if it's okay with you, by mentioning the book that is your latest project. Will you tell me a little bit about it? I'll be happy to. Thank you for asking, Michelle Sensei. It's basically a memoir about the segments of my life that I consider have been part of my martial pathway. Budokka is my default setting and a martial odyssey is the title of the book. I'd like to read you the book's short preamble, if that's okay. Perfect. Uh, It sort of wraps it up in a nutshell. What is it that leads one to take the road least traveled? 
to take the path of the spiritual warrior, to pursue the martial way. This book is essentially about my martial journey. I trace the meandering path from its burgeoning beginnings as a child in the coal mining communities of Scotland and England, through to the multi-accredited international martial arts specialist and accomplished writer that I am today. As well as following my path from well before I discovered karate, my intention is to give a broad analysis of the essence of what is generally known as the martial arts. I comment on the proliferation of the martial arts, karate in particular, and my modest contribution to that propagation, quoting facts and hypotheses, using analogies and anecdotes, I attempt to explain its simple yet profound messages. I touch briefly on the recognized history of the martial arts and talk about how it has intersected with my life and I examine its function in today's society. Primarily, I focus on karate. However, I delve into self-defense and combat in its countless forms. I also discuss combat sport, including the Olympic karate dream, pros and cons, versus the art, the budo the real-life-or-death self-defense. So where to begin? The beginning is often a good place to start. My martial arts began when I was only four years old, so I will certainly be moving back and forth to explain relevance, etc. The do in karate-do means the way, the path. Karate-do implies that it is a total way of life that goes well beyond the self-defense, the sport, or even the budo. Karate-do, for me, is a way of training, thinking, conducting oneself for life. In other words, karate-do is a lifelong journey of self. The motivating factors for beginning this journey can be many and varied. However, goals change. Your martial path, should you choose to take it, will have many twists and turns along the way, some of them 180%. Wow. I hope that short preamble gives you an idea. (laughs) That's amazing. That sounds so exciting. But I want you to say what the title will be so we can look for it when it comes out. A Martial Odyssey. A Martial mm-hmm. Odyssey. Yeah. So look for that in your bookstores soon, folks. Hanji, is there a point in the book when you mention the parachuting program that you were in in England and talk about that? Yeah, yeah most certainly. The British Army Junior Leaders Scheme began in the 1950s and ran successfully until the 1990s when it was then considered by the government to be too costly. And so along with many other cutbacks of the armed forces, it was axed. However, I joined the Junior Parachute Company in its heyday in 1965 as a junior soldier. I served two years as a junior soldier, which meant I wore the coveted maroon berry and did all the training a parachute regiment soldier did. Of course, the only difference was that as a junior, I was not allowed to deploy to conflict. Ah, okay. Yeah. Uh, Also as a junior, we had one day a week further education to acquire the certificated qualifications needed to reach the rank of warrant officer first class, regimental sergeant major. Okay, I have too many questions about parachuting, don't you guys? Mm -hmm. Of course. It's on my bucket list of things to do for the first time. (laughs) So tell me, do you have any recollection of about how many times you've jumped and to what different types of countries or terrains? Well, the amount, I think I stopped counting. It's something you do when you just start jumping. And it's something along the way somewhere, you know, you think, I can't be bothered counting this anymore. It's just going on. (laughs) 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 Um, Terrain, I've parachuted all over the UK in sort of uh, 
forested areas where we're trying to get a clearing and in areas where there's not supposed to be water and you, you end up landing in water. The most pleasant jump I ever had was into Cyprus and it was hot and it was uh, early. And uh, when it's hot and the air's rising and there's no wind, it's a gentle, oh. yeah, it's a very gentle landing. So the, the thing was, <laughs> it would have been gentle, except that we were jumping out of a Hercules for the first time for a lot of the, the company I was with. I'd actually jumped out of a Hercules before. Jumping out of a Hercules as, as opposed to the Beverly or the Hastings, it used to be a running exit to make sure you got out into the slipstream. With the Hercules, you just stepped onto the slipstream defector and just dropped out. Well, the guy on the opposite side did a running exit, went right round the back of the plane, hit me in the head, oh. went, went through my rigging lines, and I'm, I'm looking up. I thought I'd hit the plane. I didn't know what had happened. And I looked up, and he's through my rigging lines, and I'm yelling at him to get out of my rigging lines. If you can imagine two shoots there, too close to each other, stealing the air from each other, they're doing oh. this. They're, they're, they're <gasps> dropping down a bit at a time. Oh, and my but, goodness. Eventually he gets out and I release my container on the 15 foot nylon cord and then I don't remember anything else. Next thing I, I wake up in British Military Hospital in Cyprus. Wow. Been concussed. Oh, <laughs> ah, what a mess. Were you badly injured? No, I was, uh, I was held for um, observation for a, about a week, but uh, just a bad case of concussion. When he hit me as he came out and got whipped around the back of the plane. Yeah. Oh, my. <laughs> but that would have been a really nice landing. <laughs> so I know that in our conversations, you mentioned that you went from being in the military to being in the martial arts. What was that transition like? Well, I sort of, when I was in the parachute regiment, I, I boxed for uh, about three, three or four years. I, I boxed as a child as well, uh, you know, as 12 years old. In fact, my uncle, who had been an army boxing champion, three or four different weight divisions, taught me how to box when I was four or five years old. Oh. Uh, yeah. So when I was in the army, I sort of furthered it and uh, did some more boxing. But apart from that, I, I was in a close quarter combat display squad and we toured the UK to mm. do uh, recruiting drives and military tattoos. In fact, I was in a close quarter combat display squad but also did gymnastics and we were doing a tour of the UK and we were going to do a tour of the USA and uh, I did a forward somersault over a six foot display horse and, and did a miscue on the landing. And, and ripped the cartilage right out of my knee. So oh. I, that effectively took me out of the tour for USA mm. and eventually was the cause of my discharge when I was 20 years old, five years after joining. So uh, what was the question? Did that answer anything? <laughs> <laughs> That's how you got into karate, because you got discharged from the Army. Ah, now from there, I was out of the Army a couple of years, actually two years. I was working as a pool and games attendant Bishop Briggs Sports Centre in Glasgow and uh, I was clearing away the gymnastic equipment after a gymnastic club training and into the gym started to file these guys in brown belts and black belts and they started warming up to backtrack a little there I'd seen the Shotokan Karate beginners class at the centre and to be quite honest I thought it was a, a bit stilted, a bit wooden I wasn't all that impressed from my own experience of fighting and combat. 
But when I watched these guys come in, it was a different picture altogether. I sat in the corner transfixed and uh, <laughs> sort of stayed away from my duties, in fact, for two hours I sat in the corner. <laughs> it was actually the Karate Union of Scotland team pool, about 40 youngsters or youngsters and young guys um, fighting off to be part of a five-man team to take oh. part in the European Team Championships to fight with uh, West Germany. Yeah, by the time it had finished, I joined the Shotokan beginners class that week. And uh, two weeks later, I cheered Scotland on to win against <laughs> West Germany. <laughs> Congratulations. That's <laughs> a really good beginning story, isn't it, Landon? It really wow. is. Wow. I think you have a question for us, Landon. I do. And, you know, I have so much respect for the history of the art form that I love. But do you have any memories that you'd like to share with me? About training? About training and or even possible teaching too? Right. I'm glad you asked that particular question. It gives me the opportunity to relate a story that I tell when I feel the students are not giving me 100%. Usually, <laughs> right. <laughs> we need that we need story. story. You, know that, you know that? Yeah. Usually it's when uh, um, we're doing basic keyhole and uh, their boards can't see the importance of repetitious exercise, you know. Mm. Uh, I remember attending a Kase Sensei seminar in the 1970s. I don't know whether the Goju people would have heard of Kase Sensei, who's a legendary Shotokan instructor who had been a student of Gigo Funakoshi, the son mm-hmm. of the founder of Shotokan, Gichin Funakoshi. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kase Sensei passed away just last year. Anyway, sometime during the course, while we were doing a lot of basic blocking techniques, Kase Sensei was trying to stress the importance of good, strong basics. And some of us were obviously not getting it, or at least not getting it to his satisfaction. So he began telling us about an incident he was involved in. One evening, as he was going for a stroll in Paris, France, taking in the sights, he was confronted by a knife-wielding, tough-looking thug who demanded that he hand over his wallet. Now, I would describe Kasi Senzi as a Ford before. Very short, he was as wide as he was tall. And I can imagine, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I, I can imagine a would-be mugger wouldn't see any potential danger in him. Kazi Sensei did not have good English. He was a, a Japanese man living and teaching in France for many years, and I don't know how good his French was. But he had a strange way of speaking—a mixture of heavily Japanese French accent and pidgin English. <laughs> but he certainly managed to get the story over. Kazi Sensei couldn't make out what his assailant was saying, but he understood the drift of the situation, obviously, and decided he wasn't going to hand over his wallet. And when he made no reply and no move to comply with his attacker's demands, frustrated, the man tried to stab him in his ample belly. With a classic sotoruki, he broke the attacker's arm at the elbow, and then wrenching the broken arm across his chest, he smashed his jaw with a, with a Yoko MP, an elbow to the jaw. <laughs> okay, pause because even though the audience can't see this, he was giving us a visual blow by <laughs> blow. Just amazing. So all the little sounds that you hear during the story were amazing. That was just person. amazing. Yeah. Oh my goodness. We need to set up another interview where we can actually put you on YouTube because you're you're too much fun to talk to. <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry. You were you were right after the Yoko empty. Kasi Sensei, you know, basically finished it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he finished it. And, and uh, he says, "Oh, I, I cut 
he said that on his wrist, you know, and he showed us a scar on his wrist. But hang on a minute, that's not the end of the story. 20 years later, while I was working in a nightclub in Sydney's King's Cross, I stepped between a patron and a woman he was in the process of beating up. Without the slightest compunction, he pulled out a knife and stabbed me in the stomach. Well, he tried. I smashed his elbow the wrong way, <laughs> shattered his jaw in a dozen places. <laughs> That's awesome. Was, yeah, well, uh, and, and I, I too sport a scar. I don't know if you can see it. <laughs> On the right wrist. The student becomes the teacher. So, yeah. So the story is if you want to be able to do that, you need to do some repetition. <laughs> Basics are indeed essential, yes. All old-timers understand that basics Basics. are essential, and all new people always want to learn more new things. And doesn't that reflect aging in our daily life? Youngsters always want the newest, greatest, and people Mm -hmm. who have been around for a long time really understand the importance of basics, Mm -hmm. whatever that basic is. But what I'm curious now what is your training regimen today? Now that you're uh, retired? Yeah, well, I don't, are you retired? I didn't... Ah, well, interesting that you should ask that question. <laughs> My training these days, especially since COVID pandemic, has changed dramatically. Yes. Although it's been several years since I actually taught classes back to back. Prior to COVID, I attended several classes a week and taught one instructor and senior grades class a week. I also had a number of regular private students, as well as three times a year, the KUA flew me up to Sydney to conduct senior grade seminars and once a year to conduct downgradings. Well, that sounds busy. Yeah. At the moment, a major part of my training, I suppose, is kata. And and I do it at home on my own. Um, Do you have a favorite kata? um, A favorite kata. There's so many, so many. I I love all the kata when I'm doing them. I think... (laughs) Uh, my favorite, my favorite Shotokan kata is Goju Shiho, and and Goju Shiho Go or Goju Shiho you know, one of the two, you know, either one, both. Do you guys do a lot of weapons? I do, I have, and it's because I've trained in so many different arts. Shotokan usually doesn't, but I sort of introduce it to Torokan. That's why I say that Torokan is, you know, mainly Shotokan. But I also train um, Shaolin Gong Fu, the tiger nice. ripping system. Mm. And I, also did, I also did many years with Muay Thai as well. Bushido is the weapons system. Through Bushido, yeah, I've trained with, uh, I do 12 Aido Kata, the Katana, and about a dozen other various weapons Kata with Bo, Jo, Tomfa, Sai, Mujuku. Mm-hmm. Well, if we ever get to Tasmania, we are totally going to visit you. Uh, oh, yeah. Now that's on my bucket list. Now I have to parachute and go to Tasmania. Do you think I can put those two things together? <gasps> Why don't you parachute to Tasmania? Yeah, yeah. And we'll <laughs> land on your roof. <laughs> I hope not. Uh, okay, I have to close this out, which breaks my heart. But I want to bring up the book one more time. Do you have any idea when we can expect it in stores? Well, hopefully, we'll be publishing in, in ebook and in print at the end of July. Zoe, my wife, who edits all my writing and designs my book covers, thinks I'm being a little bit optimistic. I might add that my estimations of publication dates have been known to be somewhat optimistic, but then I'm an optimistic kind of guy. So, 
And we also need to know, what was our other question? Where, where will it be available? What is the plan? The, the immediate plan is to go through Amazon. So it will be available in hard copy and ebook. Great. So, yeah, so Great to be... know. And now the audience knows. And I would like to say that when we hear that the book is out, we will definitely put it out on our social media pages Absolutely. to let everyone know yeah. as a follow-up. Absolutely. Well, you know what? What if a person wanted to reach you? How would you like them to get in touch with you? You can get in touch with me through Facebook, if you're on Facebook, or through the Torokan Karate website. Okay, and if you guys, just and type it into Google, it's it, there. It comes right up for you. That's T-O-R-A-K-A-N. And I had absolutely no trouble finding it. So for me. If I can find it, you can find it. <laughs> but Landon, how do they get in touch with us? You can contact us all over the web. And if you have any questions, let us know at Wildcat Dojo on Twitter, Facebook, our webpage. On YouTube, our Instagram is Wildcat Dojo Conversations. And finally, our email, dojoconversations at AOL.com. Hey, I want to say something about the YouTube page. Maybe we're going to have a surprise kata up there for you. Not Stay having tuned. anything to do with this interview. You guys are just going to have to wait to see if it comes. And if we get it up there, we'll mention it again. It's a teaser. Ah. And now back to the business at hand. I knew this was going to be magically special, and it absolutely was. I've enjoyed every minute with you. Thank you very much. I have enjoyed it, too. Seeing your face and being able to laugh with you as martial artists around the world. And How be- wonderful is that? And your beautiful of- wife. Of course, yes. It was honestly a pleasure to meet you and hear from you. You are truly an inspiration, and I really appreciate you coming on and uh, talking with us. Thank you very much. And on that note, we're going to start goodbyes. Bye, everyone. It was amazing. Bye, everybody. I surely hope you listen. This is Sensei Michelle, and I'm signing out. Hey, Sensei. Would you tell me again the name of our sponsor? Thank you for asking. It's Honor Athletics and Martial Arts Supply. Cynthia, owner and manager. You know how you always get lost in the shuffle of a big business? Do I ever. It's comforting to know that in a family-owned business like Honor Athletics, your questions will be answered. So give them a call at 770-945-5150 or order on the web at honorathletics.com. And don't forget to mention Wildcat Dojo for your 10% discount. Thanks for being here. Hope you join us again on Wildcat Dojo Conversations.